Right now, buy new carpet at the Home Depot and the installation in your whole house is on the house, as in free. So let's cover more rooms with the same budget. Free installation will do wall-to-wall wonders with your wallet. Call 1-855-MEASURE to schedule an in-home measure or visit a store to get started. Let's do this. New carpet, free installation, more saving, more doing. Valid on basic installation through July 22nd. Minimum $1,500 purchase of carpet and pad. Varies by market, U.S. only. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Nurtured Heart Approach June podcast. I'm Katherine Stafford. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in private practice here in Washington. I'm also the mother of four, a Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer, counselor, and author. I'm so happy to be back on air this morning with my friend Howard Glasser, who is currently in Chico, California. Howard is creator of the Nurtured Heart Approach, and he is chairman of the Children's Success Foundation. Good morning, Howie. Good morning, Katherine. How are you in Chico this morning, my friend? I'm great, and I'm I'm so excited about our children's book that's about to come out. That uh, it's going to the printer in the next. Going few to the days. printer, fantastic! I didn't know if you were going to bring that up, so I'm glad that you did because I think we have uh, it, talked about it. It's so relevant for this topic today, so I'm excited to get it out there for every child. You'll have to connect us at some point. I'll let you do that. So we'll see if it happens. So you've been on tour for the last couple of months, doing the one-day trainings around the country. Um, I think that's coming to a close as far as I know. Were there some highlights for you on your tour? You know, I I really felt um, excited to see people in different parts of the country and to, uh, my, uh, to do a little bit of a goodwill tour, which I hope will continue um, as um, I continue to do uh, one-day seminars next year. Um, the beauty of the one-day uh, the, the goodwill tour was that there are trainers around the country who are creating waves and you know of um, of greatness in in their neck of the woods and and the nature of uh, the goodwill was to do evening talks in support of their efforts mm-hmm. um, and and to give them what uh, the word that came forward was bounce. Uh, mm-hmm. Tammy Holton Arnold talked about bounce. And and I love that word because, you know, if if I could meet with a school board, if I could, you know, if I if certain uh, people they've been trying to win over could come to the evening talk and get excited, then that gives them bounce. And it gives, it gives the movement of Nurtured Heart Approach bounce. So that mm-hmm. was the most exciting part. And now I'm a couple of days away from our certification training in Sacramento, and that's so exciting because now – uh, people who have uh, stepped up to that moment in time where they want to create these initiatives uh, that are exciting, um, they've they've invested in that and they're ready to um, they're ready to roll and do next steps. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I know here in Northern California that's significant. There are quite a few school districts that have really um, moved their initiatives forward. So um, it's a it's a very great moment in time for us. You sound excited. You sound like you have some bounce in your voice today, which is fun to hear. So I suspect that you had lots of opportunities when you were out and about around the country um, with people who asked you about your work to give that quick summary. So for people who are new Uh listeners who don't know Nurtured Heart Approach, what is the essence that kind of comes to you today in terms of how you would summarize 
nurtured heart approach? You know, I have a I have a friend. Uh, I took a seminar um, uh, at the end of this last tour in at at a wonderful place in in um, Massachusetts called Kripalu, who was on energy medicine, but the irony was run by somebody from Tucson, from mm. Dr. Wild's program, Anne-Marie Chasen. And uh, she talks about, ironically, seeing um, reality at the level of energy. And, mm. and, and uh, it's ridiculously akin to what Nurtured Heart Approach is about. We, um, we, we not only... Uh, learn to to see our reality in terms of energy, but how to serve that energy between us, mm-hmm. within us, within ourselves, and and in support of children. So, um, nurtured heart approach is really about how to uh, appreciatively move that energy in in a in ways that let kids know that we see the beauty in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that, and I don't think there's any greater group of children who deserves that positive energy and that intention than kids in foster care. So let's go ahead and, and talk with our panel. We have the pleasure this morning of having three experts on the topic of Nurtured Heart Approach and Parenting Foster and Foster Adopt Children. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce them, Howie, so we can get started on this beautiful topic. Today Great. we are speaking with Kim Combs, who's a master in education, who has been in the human services arena since 1980 in all sorts of various positions, um, being employed as a social worker for the Department of Iowa Human Services, as a family therapist. He's currently self-employed as a private practice counselor and is a national presenter. Kim and his wife, Diane, reside in Iowa, and since 1994, Kim has listened to this, how he provided foster care for over 40 teenage boys and adopted five children now ranging from ages 6 to 23. He has articles published in several Foster Adopt magazines and books. Good morning, Kim, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. So glad you're here. Our next guest is Nate Boltman. I had the pleasure of getting to know Nate at the Tucson CTI last January. Nate lives with his family in Rockford, Michigan, and has been married to his beautiful wife, Dawn, for nine years. They have ten wonderful children in their blended family that has been together for almost three years now. Their age range from 3 to 16. They have been blessed and challenged as adoptive parents of intense and highly energetic children who are adjusting as a new family. Nate is a licensed professional counselor. He's a marriage and family therapist and currently teaches an intensive six-week course in Nurtured Heart Approach as a certified trainer to caregivers in West Michigan. In addition, he works with those interested in implementing NHA into their organizations. Nate has um, counseled children and families in the community, works with several after-school programs to help them use Nurtured Heart with their elementary and middle school children. Good morning, Nate. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. So glad to have you here, Nate. Our third guest is a returning guest, Karen Clayton. Karen is a certified Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer and enthusiast. She believes that regardless of the environment, there is always an opportunity to share and be Nurtured Heart Approach. During her time as program coordinator, Karen created the I Am Part of the Solution, an anti-bullying program founded in NHA. 2014, Karen has provided therapeutic foster care services in her home and has witnessed the same life-serving outcomes that result whenever NHA is applied with love. Karen holds a master's in education with an emphasis on youth who are emotionally and behaviorally at risk for failure, and Karen offers classes and coaching for parents, teachers, and professionals. Good morning, Karen, and welcome back. Good morning. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Quite a group, right, Howie? Yes. Uh, it is 
quite a group. I am so impressed. Uh, I am in awe. I've always had awe for people who um, who uh, bring non-biological children into their world, into their life, into their home. I, I'm, I've always, for some reason, been so impressed with that, and uh, especially kids who we know have had prior experiences of adults dropping the ball. So it's such a, a precarious and incredibly important moment in time for those youth. Mm-hmm. I agree, Holly. I think foster adopt parents and foster parents are some of my greatest heroes, and you three are exactly why I feel that way. So thank you so much. I want to go ahead for the sake of time and just kind of jump into you three and letting you talk. You are the experts in this topic both foster care and nurture heart approach. So, Kim, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. You seem to have the longest history in foster care, if I'm not mistaken. Would you go ahead and just get us started by sharing some of your story with kind of stepping into foster care? Sure. Um, I started out working in a residential facility where the kids were there because of emotional and behavioral problems, and from that I, I stepped up to the Department of Human Services where I was a social worker going into the homes of foster parents, and I was single and zealous at the time, and I just had a heart for those who uh, did foster care, and over the course of time then my colleagues wanted me to get into it. Uh, mm-hmm. And because I was a foster care worker in the human service field, uh, they just kept saying, hey, will you get licensed? Will you get licensed? We've got kids. We want to come into your home. And I wasn't ready. And and then in 94, I got licensed uh, for a particular team. And from that point on, uh, the rest is history. But one mm-hmm. of the things that I've always thought about uh, was just uh, how how these kids have gone through so much trauma and how do we help heal them. And I've been through hours and hours and hours of training over the course of my career. And when I was allowed to uh, go to Howie's training last August up in uh, northern Iowa, if he if he remembers correctly, I could barely sit still because it was so exciting to me. It was like the iceberg analogy where you see 10% of the iceberg, and those are the symptoms that our kids with trauma go through and, and manifest. And how do we get to that? And it was the 90% that causes that 10%. I didn't know how to get to it, but this is the closest thing I have seen in 35 years in the human service realm that helped get to that. And so I was super excited, and I was using it via text message that week with my two oldest adopted sons, and they were responding in ways that I just couldn't believe. I've trained it to, uh, with several people now, many people, getting great results within a week. Um, Bruce Perry says that trauma changes the biology of the brain, but once a secure, loving, nurturing relationship also changes the biology of the brain. And mm-hmm. Howie's approach with the nurtured heart, it, it's awesome. And I've seen so many cool things, and so have other people who have gone through the trainings that I've presented already here in Iowa, in Texas, and Missouri. And it's been awesome to hear those reports. And I'm very thankful that I was able to learn this technique, this methodology, and be able to share it with the people around me. So I'm super excited to hear what you have to say. I didn't realize it was so new for you, the Nurtured Heart piece. So I definitely want to come back to the changes that you've seen kind of pre and post your training with Howard. Um, Nate, can you share a little bit of how you came to become a foster parent as well? Yeah. um, uh, Three years ago, my wife and I, we um, were made aware of a uh, family that was in need of a home. And um, through different circumstances at school, my daughter had... uh, 
met uh, my other daughter, my new daughter, um, and uh, we were introduced to the family. Um, it was a sibling group of six children, and um, our heart just went out to them. So, mm. um, sorry about that. Um, it's an emotional thing. Adoption and foster care, and um, it's uh, it's been three years, and we've recently i i was trained um with howard in in tucson back in january and um the the level of stress relief for my my family has been incredible for my wife and myself um being able to use the nurtured heart with our kids and see them respond has just been amazing so I hear your emotion, Nate, and one of the things I remember about you is you are one of the kindest, gentlest men I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Um, please don't apologize about that. That is the greatness of who you are at your purest sense. So I know this is so hard to talk about, and I'm so, so honored that you took the time. And it is it makes you vulnerable to talk about the depths of your heart, you know, and your most raw space. So thank you for that. Again, you're new to Nurture Heart Approach, and it's new to your family. So I'm I'm excited that you guys are, are new into the Nurture Heart world because that makes it so clear what the changes have been after you learned Nurtured Heart. How about you, Karen? Yeah. Um, so I'm recent to um, foster care. I began that just a year ago. Although I've, I'm not new to Nurtured Heart, I, I discovered that 2009 and actually took it into my classroom. I was um, working in a high school at the time and loved what I was doing and the changes I was seeing in the school. And then over the course of five years, I felt the school organism shifting away from social-emotional learning and with more of a focus on, um, you know, pure academics and testing. And it I just needed to find a place where that social-emotional learning was um, a priority and just sort of landed in my lap. um, Therapeutic foster care, which is a little different than what Nate and Kim are involved in. Um, So therapeutic foster care generally in, in, well, I've had 42 children, yeah, 42 children in the space of a year. So these are children that move into my home for a short period of time to stabilize. Um, they're either being moved out of a, a, another foster placement or have disrupted in their adoptive or their home placement, or maybe they're coming out of hospital or a correctional facility of some sort. And, and so my home was the, um, the place to stabilize before finding permanency somewhere else. Um, for the first five months, it was, you know, the longest I had a child was 12 days, but most days were seven and often two at a time, and ranging from age, youngest was five and the oldest was 17. Um, That was an experience. I I called it my living laboratory of nurtured heart because these kids would come in so dysregulated, and within 24 or 48 hours, I could watch them calm and just watch their nervous systems settle in and be able to sleep at night or be able to sit calmly and, and engage in, to, you know, playing. Um, from there, I moved into an adolescent rehabilitation program around substance abuse. And so the children stayed a little bit longer. They were a 60-day 
um, children in my home, and it gave me an opportunity to know them better and to um, to really see who they were and and how they were affected and 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 to watch the nurtured heart approach work in their lives. And I recall having a conversation with Howie that there is no way that I would have ever dreamed of taking on these children in my home as a single parent without having the nurtured heart approach to back me up. When you're looking at what somebody's doing right, and I'm just going to leap in here, when that's what you see um, and and stop the focus on what's going wrong and, and how to correct or fix, the energy changes. The, ener- the energy shifts and becomes easy and loving and high vibrational. So um, I'm currently not doing foster care as I'm relocating. Um, but um, it's, I, I can totally feel the emotion of these children and having the experience of these children moving through my home and, and now moving on to a place of more permanency in their life. Um, I, I love your introductions, uh, one and all, as a launch. Um, I think uh, Catherine noted and bookmarked a few topics. Uh, one that's really interesting to me is, is the one that came up by way of um, um, Nate's emotions uh, as well and, and, and kind of the reference to um, perhaps the chaos uh, the stress in for the for the his biological family um in the in the time leading up to finding something that um started to heal these kids and started to have you know relevance and and potency for these kids so I don't know if that's a good place to start Catherine, do you have a sense of a place to start? Absolutely, and I I love that you said the word heal because I was writing down too as you guys were talking. One of the things I remember that that profoundly stuck with me when I think it was Sarah Howe was on talking about adoption was that nurture heart approach is a healing paradigm. That's what it is at its core, and so when you have that as your intention and you and it's so powerful, you show up differently. Kim, you're you're new to nurtured heart approach. You have a long history of foster kids. You know, what was profoundly different, not in terms of the philosophy of it and, and the energy, but, you know, you stepping back into that role as foster father, you know, what was so different for you well, post-training? I wish I would have had this 30 years ago, you know, when I first started in the field. I don't know how much more impact I could have made uh, with the clients and, and the, the young men that were in my home. Um, but utilizing this on my kids, adult kids, the one we still have here, my my grandsons now, uh, they're getting it. And as I train it with different people, you know, it, it's that um, that healing is, is the word that I would use mm-hmm. because it changes the biology of the brain, as I mentioned before. These kids don't trust. These kids, um, it's like a periscope goes up, the water's clear, but for them there's a boogeyman underneath because they've been in chronic trauma and their their mm-hmm. biology and physiology has been changed as a result of that. But when we learn how to respond in, in caring, in calmness, in uh, just with inviting them to be, who they are, you know, is how we would say hijacking them into success, into their greatness. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that is what's so fun to watch. And, and I've gotten four pages, I just printed off four pages of testimonials, people that have written to me within a week of, wow. of coming through my training. And one that's the most um, significant is, is a four-year-old who was physically abused, sexually abused, and verbally abused by his biological father. And this is the grandma on the maternal side uh, who didn't want to even take care of her four-year-old grandson because he was a handful. And she came skeptically to the training six months ago, and she has since kept in contact. And she said in six months, uh, with differences being made within the first two weeks, even with her own kids at home, she said within six months, he is no longer going to counseling, he is no longer on medications, and he's a delight to be with. And mm-hmm. before she came to my training, that was not the case. And that's just one example mm-hmm. of several that I have. And, again, is how we can remember from last summer, this stuff was so exciting to me. My brain was just mm-hmm. filled with stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. the techniques and the methodologies. And, and it really is so simple. You know, but but we just don't think about it. We we give them five seconds of positive energy for the things they do well, and we give them a hundred dollar bill and twenty minutes of lecture on the pros and cons of respect versus disrespect. And I just felt uh, convicted, and I just thought I got to change this. You know, and it was what it was wonderful. It was awesome. Well, everybody should experience Kim uh, Kim's waves of excitement. Where everybody should have a visual someday. <laughs> uh, we should have a video. Of- him not being able to sit still in a classroom and mm-hmm. on fire. It's like his pants are on fire. And and, it was. and he couldn't contain himself. So I love that about you. I love your the greatness of your enthusiasm and your motivation to tell everybody in your world and, and I and that story just it 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 moves me to the core to to know that you've passed this on in such significant ways that somebody then who was so disturbed by their four-year-old grandson, now the word delight says it all, Mm -hmm. and and I love that. I just love that you convey this to other people. So uh, thank you for that. And the neat thing about this is I've even just given 20-minute blurbs to people in my circle, not doing a training, just an overview. And people have taken just little clips of what I've said and called me within 24 hours. I am not joking and said, I tried just a little bit. You told me about I'm already seeing a difference. So it it just is truly amazing methodology. And like I said, I wish I would have had this decades ago when I first started in the field. So thank you, Howie, for this this methodology and for for your enthusiasm about going out and training those of us who are now training it for other people. Well, thank you. Thank you. I read uh, something yesterday that made me think of both what you're saying, Kim, as well as what, Karen, what you said about neurology and kind of regulation. It was the idea that brains are pattern-seeking and patterns create safety, and when kids feel safe, their neurology is free to learn and grow. And so, you know, yeah. I think that's that third stand, kids who are mm. coming from chaos, and now they have clarity, and clarity creates safety safety creates that ability to kind of settle into who they're meant to be, and then they're getting that reflected back to them. So it really is the perfect paradigm for foster kids. Nate, I'm going to come back to you. I'm hoping that you are um, um, feeling ready to talk again and to dig back deep into that beautiful heart of yours. When you came back from the training in Tucson, which I know was profound for you, kind of where did you go first with your family? Um, Well, I think... In using this within uh, my family, we we really were spending a lot of energy 
um, working with kids and trying to manage them in their timeouts, and um, and it was creating a lot of stress. And, and just in a practical sense, um, my children, when they they typically get into it with each other, it's not one; it's usually three or four of them at a time. And um, and trying to manage all of that, my wife and I trying to put them in timeout and put them in places and keep them from running out of timeout was just uh it was a chore it was is a big chore so um so for when we began to really use the reset piece of the nurtured heart um it really took a lot of stress off of us and um my wife told me yesterday that she was at about an, a level 8 um for her stress and anxiety and she said it cut it right in half as soon as mm-hmm. i came back and was able to share the piece about the reset so um so that was that's one of the biggest pieces that has helped us um and you know that's that's a great great piece of it and for us as parents to to know know how to reset ourselves and to be okay with telling our kids hey you know we messed up let's try this again and um you know it's it's a powerful thing when you're when you're working with teenagers to to be able to explain to them that you know you made a mistake but mom and dad, they make mistakes just as well, and it's it's not a big deal. We're just going to reset and try it again. For people who haven't heard of Nurture Heart Approach or don't know the nuances of it, do you mind if I put you on the spot or any of you actually just to talk about the difference between reset and, you know, typical timeout? Can, can sure. I do a salute to that? I love, I love that question. I want somebody on the panel yes. to answer that. Um, okay. uh, I, uh, the prelude to that question is uh, – uh, I had a conversation with a, a great trainer in, in this neck of the woods, Josh Kirsten, um, earlier this week, and it was um, it, it captured this beautifully, is that stand one, which is uh, a, a refusal to give energy to negativity, while seeing, you know, if, if we see the line crossed and we see... Uh, a rule violation happen, we don't look the other way with this approach. So stand three is uh, a refusal not to provide accountability with uh, the simplicity of a consequence that's, in a way, a blink of the eye. It's designed to get back to the harmonized, the harmony harmony of of the rule not being broken. So a child's arguing, I'm not going to give energy to that, and uh, I am going to uh, let the child know that cross the line, reset, but as soon as the arguing stops, I want to get back to that moment in time where uh, I can then engage again. I get plugged in again and say certain things. And I'd love to hear how this plays out. So in a way, what we're, I was talking to with Josh was, Stand one and stand three fall away at some point, to some extent, and it's all about stand two, but you need stand one and three to create space for stand two, which is I refuse not to see the beauty in you. I refuse not to to, um, uh, uh, be appreciative in that and express that. So I'm going to get out of the way and see if that helps make, uh, for listeners of the first time, help this approach make sense. Yeah. I'll I'll jump in real quick. You know, when I do my trainings now and I compare timeouts to reset, timeouts 
you know, as they were originally taught to me anyway, was, you know, get them out of the action because they weren't doing well there. And then you give a, a child a timeout uh, one minute for every year old they are. So you give a, uh, an eight-year-old a timeout, they're sitting against the refrigerator, and within a minute and a half, they're back to be in the action because they've reset. But yet, mm-hmm. nope, sorry, you got six and a half more minutes. Well, six and a half more minutes to an eight-year-old is a long time when they're seeing their friends play or they're wanting to get back to whatever they were doing. And that just sets them up to be angry again. You know, So as soon as they stop doing whatever it was they're not be doing with no emotional energy given to that, as soon as they stop, it's like, yes. And as, as a Christian guy, you know, I see this as an easy way to show forgiveness and grace. And that's mm-hmm. something that really hit me, too, uh, because it just helps the whole process where you can just say, let's start over. And, and I agree with how it's not that there's not a consequence, but it doesn't have to be long and painful to be effective. And that's the difference I see in the reset versus the timeout because kids just get, and, and then I, and one of the things that I remember when my kids were younger is that I'd give Jordan a timeout. You know, he was eight years old and he was pretty compliant most of the time. So I would then get distracted. I'd forget that he was there. And 20 minutes later, he's, Hey dad, can I get out of timeout? You know? And, and it's like, Oh, this is not effective. This is not how it's supposed to be. You know, so it, it just wasn't working the way that, it was supposed to be working. Resets are way better than timeouts. Mm-hmm. I can picture you, you came and Nate, both of your trainings kind of doing the face palm of, holy cow, I can give up that idea of punishment being anything about this and let it go and go yeah. back to focusing on greatness. Yes. And one of the things so how we will remember mm-hmm. is we did the Julio exercises. Mm-hmm. I did the palm, the face palm going, oh, my gosh. You know, as I heard over and over all the negative things, I was convicted that I've said every one of those things to my kids. You know, maybe not all of them in one morning, but nonetheless, it was just convicting. Like, you know, we've we've got to stop this, and they need to know that they're great. They they need to know who they are and that there's dignity and 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 greatness within them. You know, so I've changed that too. It's just been a, an amazing transformation, to use a word that Howie uses in, in Nurtured Heart. It's been an amazing transformation, not just for the kids that I work with and the kids that are uh, being um, targets now of NHA through the people I'm training, but for myself. Hi, Aaron. Did you want to add on? Yeah, I was going to piggyback on what Kim said about the forgiveness and grace. I was thinking those words as he was as they were coming out of his mouth because that's truly what I feel in this approach. Um, and for me, the difference between reset and timeout is there's a heaviness. There was always a heaviness and a I don't know, um, just a stuck energy around timeout. And for me, with the reset, there is an element of joy and lightness. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's that I get to hold that accountability. I get to not ignore, because that's really important to me. That's one of my values. And yet I don't have to dwell or spend time on it. I It's a reset, and I walk away from it. And for the children that I've had in my home, this is such a surprise for them that I'm not lecturing them, that I'm not telling them how to do it better. I You know, they're... It, it kind of catches them off guard. I I don't explain it. I don't go into the details of what this is all about. I don't have them long enough to be able to do that. 
so I, you know, they'll be engaging in something. I'll reset. I'll say reset and walk away. And immediately they, you know, if there's just one, they're stumped. If there's two, they look at each other like, what's going on? <laughs> and then when they're no longer doing that, which is immediate, right? Because I've startled or surprised them out of that behavior. Mm-hmm. I get to thank them for stopping the arguing or, you know, stopping whatever that behavior was or that activity was that was against the rules. And there's a lightness in that. There is a joy in that. Mm. Yes, I agree. There is grace in that Mm. and forgiveness because, you know, if I build negative energy around telling you what you're doing wrong, that's mine. And I have to carry that until I'm willing to release it. And if I can just not ever build it, I don't have to release it at a future point. Karen, I I awe of your explanation and your way of living this out and uh it's so it it has that uh clean feeling to it it's 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 like truth be told uh a a reset could be a a a a, a, a split of the atom it's it, it's not even 2 seconds i i illustrate my explanation of reset by saying two seconds, you know, it could be two seconds, but it could be two fractions of a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, I love the beauty of the likeness of it keeps you right there in the sense of, I can't wait to get to the moment when I can now say, I, I see, you know, I'm appreciative of the fact that you stopped what you were doing and now you're not arguing and how great that is. And, uh, even though you're mad at me, you're not arguing and not rolling your eyes, whatever you say. I, I, I just feel that I've never heard it described in terms of lightness. And and I love I love what you and Kim are saying in terms of that forgiveness sense to it. I, it, it just is striking. Is it safe to say, you guys, that most foster kids come into your your homes with kind of a, a shopping list of challenging behaviors? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm coming back to what Howie said. Stores. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm hearing, Howie, what I love what you said is the idea of stand one really is I refuse to not see the beauty in you. And so when kids show up with behavior, really, to me, I always think of behavior as prove it. Prove it to me that this isn't who I really am. And so when you reset, it's back to, all right, game on. I refuse to not see your greatness. I'm calling you out. And then stand two mm-hmm. is all the proof. And it's just the purest essence of what it's about because there's a guarantee these kids are going to come in, right, with guns blazing in terms of, of behavior. Yeah. It's fantastic. You guys so, just took what could be complicated to some people and made it so, so simple. Thank you. That is so glorious, so, uh, Catherine. I don't know if you realize what you just said. I think what you just said was then one is, in essence, you know, I've refused to give energy to your negativity because I know I, I know the beauty in you. I uh, Say it again the way right. you said it. Just the idea of you are not your story. You are not the sum of the challenges that bring you here, and I refuse to not see your greatness. I refuse to not see the beauty of who you really are. And, you know, plug for the book, Howie, that's that first line. I don't have to know you. I don't have to do anything, know your history or your story, but I can look at you on the moment that we meet, and I can choose to see greatness. And that's what right. I focus on. And the three stands okay. keep us focused on that with the laser beam. No matter who the child yeah, is, and yeah. we don't have to be afraid of right. behavior anymore. Right. The right. of stand one is I'm, I refuse to get lost in your story of of um, yeah. based on negativity. I love that. Mm-hmm. 
Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that was and really happened? impressive. Oh. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just gonna say one of the one of the one of the greatest things that he, I got hit with from Howie's training that I'd never done before that I can think about was in, in and it ties into what we've just gotten done saying is there are so many things that our kids could choose to do that they're not doing. It's looking at the little black spot on the white wall, black spot mm-hmm. being their bad choices, the white being all the things they do well. The proactive recognition is my favorite one to use because I know all the choices they could be making and giving them positive energy for the ones they're not. You didn't hit your brother as you walked by. You didn't tip the table. You didn't cuss at me. Uh, You didn't hit me. You didn't do whatever. And giving them the credit for not doing those things, it really does take them aback and they're going, whoa, (laughs) nobody's Mm -hmm. ever said this to me before. You know, so Mm -hmm. that ties in to me with me too and, and just being able to show them on that side, you know, you make good choices. Every day you make choices not to do those things that you can so very easily do. Not just about mm. what you do, but what you don't do. Speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. I I love that you see the beauty in that. Um to me it opens up it, it opens up the seam of the universe that allows so much more appreciation. So thank you for that statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I, I'd love to hear more from uh, Nate about his family and how this is playing out in his family. Well, Howie, um, my you know my wife and I she she told me uh, today she said you know just make sure that that people know that this is the best thing ever for me um, the the nurtured heart approach not not because of just the stress relieving piece. I think it it has caused us as parents to become a lot more positive in our interactions. And um, not that we we don't want to be positive. I think think the kids are so used to receiving the negative piece, and then they react, um, and then they get angry, and then we argue, and then it it snowballs. And so um, the Nurtured Heart has helped us um, disengage from that piece and not argue, um, and, and just refuse to argue with the you know the kids that that want to argue because they want that negative interaction with us. Um, but but you know in terms of seeing the positive come out uh, of us as parents, the, one of the great pieces that we've also seen is is our teens are now using the nurtured heart as we model it in our family. They're using it with their siblings. The younger siblings that might not necessarily uh, be following the rules, they're using the same the same uh, tone of voice. They're using the same wording, and that's just so exciting to me to see that that you know kids who've come from a difficult situation are are now beginning to follow our lead as parents and and use that, that type of positive interaction with their with their siblings, their younger siblings. Mm. What a uh, t- what a um, statement you just made. I, I I am just trying my best to drink it in. Um, I don't know if you realize the magnitude of it. Uh, what strikes me is that maybe there's the gift of the of the broken family is you know maybe when we have somewhat loving families and somewhat intact families. It's harder to say, 
you know, I need to find something that will take my life, my parenting to the next level. These teams are already learning with the parenting because they, um, they, you know, they probably not likely to have done that if they stayed in that negative paradigm. Um, but you've introduced them to something that has obviously felt so right to them that it's allowed them to now provide that for their younger siblings. Uh, um, it, may, it probably makes you feel uh, um, a, a waves of, uh, of uh, thrill and, and uh, belief that they're going to make good parents eventually. And you don't have to worry about what they're going to bring into this world or promulgate. Exactly, exactly. I'm I'm so proud of them, you know, as um for for our particular family. Um they fought to keep our kid their siblings together. Mm-hmm. The the two older teens and um because they didn't want to be placed outside and so you know, when when we adopted the group, um I lo- I love giving credit to them for you know, keeping this is our new family. You know, we, there's ten mm-hmm. of us now. Um, there was four, but this is our new family. This is our new identity, and, mm-hmm. and I love I love praising them and being able to share. You know, you are the ones that really kind of kind of held the family together and and um, and giving them credit for that. So that's um, just uh, something I, I wanted to brag on them a minute. Mm-hmm. How has it affected your uh, biological four? Um, well, initially when, you know, when you have a, have a big sibling group, you need a ton of support. And so we have parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, all of them, we approached them and, and they were supportive. And I think a lot of times adoptive parents and maybe foster parents have that stress and strain in their lives, but yet they don't necessarily have the support that they need. But we had, we had a lot of support from, from everybody to to get through this piece, um, and, and initially, you know, taking on six kids at once is, is a huge chore. Um, and so, I, I guess I'm, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm kind of lost here a minute. <laughs> Sorry, what was the Did question? Did anyone think again? you were crazy, Nate, when you first suggested you were going to adopt a sibling set of six? Oh, for sure, we thought we were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and you know it took us some time. I mean, we didn't just say, "Yeah, we're going to do this." We took we took the time to think about it, to talk about it, to pray about it, to to really get counsel from others before we did it. And you know, we really still didn't know what we were getting into. And um, you know, the nurture heart approach really has helped parents, and I I know it will help foster parents because the training I think is is limited that is given. For foster parents, for adoptive mm-hmm. parents, it's limited mm-hmm. on how to deal with really tough, really tough situations. How do you think it might have changed your ease of decision making had you had that kind of put in your lap post nurtured heart approach trainer already as a certified trainer? You know, feeling like you were armed with the tools to really be like, yeah, sure, well, we've got this, versus fear. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think. In a sense, and, and maybe the you know the others who have done a lot of foster care is that um, we're just trying to do our best, and, and as a parent, um, you don't necessarily handle 
some of the really strong emotions and the strong behaviors from from the biological children. So you're not necessarily prepared for that to happen. Um, I think in some ways you think, well, I'm I'm a great parent. Look at the children I have; they're doing well, and I just gotta you know use the carbon copy that I've used with them, and this is really gonna fix everything. But but as we find find when we become intense and when we become say you need to do something in their mind that is is yelling, and and I think for a lot of teens that's yelling anyways. But for them it triggers things within them, mm-hmm. and and we found that we can't become super intense we can't raise our voice we can't become very direct um, without triggering a lot inside of them and they shut down i heard a quote once that said kids will not attach nor heal with angry caregivers and so if we're asking our kids to make changes we as the adults need to be sure that we are not triggering as nate said some of that fight flight or freeze stuff inside of our kids because that's what they've known they've just known being yelled at being hit you know, being abused, and they have no reason to believe that we're not going to eventually do the same thing. In fact, sometimes they just set up the familiar, hoping that we will, so it's familiar to them. So, Nate, I agree. Which, again, is the power of stand one, regulation. Our regulation supports their regulation. You know, the more falling apart they are, the more we have to be strong in stand one. Nice. Um, we are coming fairly close to the end of our show. I am going to jump off really quick while you guys think of any last kind of parting thoughts that you would want to give to foster parents out there or people who are considering foster care or perhaps people wanting to train foster care um, providers and agencies. I want to invite listeners to become followers of the Nurtured Heart Approach channel on Blog Talk Radio and to remind you that all archived podcasts are available on demand via blogtalkradio.com backslash nurturedheartapproach. If you're interested in becoming a certified Nurtured Heart Approach trainer, we have several upcoming trainings with still, I believe, accepting um, open spots in Minneapolis as well as Atlantic City, New Jersey this summer. New trainings for next year will be opening up in July, including Australia. Um, Next month we'll have Pat Bethke, and she will be our guest talking about her experience with Nurtured Heart Approach as an early childhood educator. All right, back to you guys. Thoughts that you'd want to share with people out there scratching their head or getting excited about Nurtured Heart Approach and foster care? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. When we first uh, came to the training, it was Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday night, Friday. And one of the things that I remember, there were a lot of teachers in the room who were already utilizing this approach. And I remember four things. And one of them was when they started using this, absenteeism went down bullying situations went down, trips to the principal's office went down, and the one that I thought was the most profound is I heard several teachers say, we like teaching again. You know, mm-hmm. and that was what opened up my eyes at the very beginning of the week. You know, and I thought, okay, what's this about? Because I really didn't know any of this stuff. You know, I had been completely clueless on the most part uh, about this. And as I listened to Howie and the stories that were coming in daily, you know, from people who were already utilizing what Howie taught the day before, it it was just you could feel the energy, you know, of of this, and it was just that synergy of all of us doing it at the same time. So, anybody listening to this program and you don't know much about it, I invite them to uh, check out uh, the, the websites and and to check to see who might be willing to train this for their agencies or for their schools because. I've been in the field, like I said, 35 years, and this is the best methodology 
that I experience, and I've gone through a lot of good stuff. So, again, thank you, Holly, for, for all that you've done to get this out here. It's not just nationally. It's internationally, as you said, uh, going to Australia next year. Um, we, we need this stuff because the kids are getting harder and harder based on their trauma uh, as far as behaviors are concerned, and there needs to be something that and I'm seeing this work. Thank you, Kim. Nate or Karen? Yeah, so um, I guess what I would like to bring forward is that with the teenagers who have left my home, somewhere towards the end of their leaving, we would drop into conversation about how they were no longer doing the behaviors that they had come in with. And so often the answer circled around to the relationship that had been built between us. And and so for me, that's what Nurtured Heart allows is this relationship that can be built in a way that, you know, we've talked about neurological, we've talked about energetic, and yet, you know, it's creating the appearance right now in, in real time of here is this relationship, here I get to do it differently, here I am different, here I get to be this other person, this my best that I am. And as a practitioner and um, enthusiast, yes, um, Nurtured Heart is the gold. It's the gold standard to me. There is just nothing that comes close. And I've been in education for over 30 years. There is nothing that comes close to the Nurtured Heart approach in transforming and healing and creating those relationships. And the kids can see it. They're, they're the evidence. They're the, um, the litmus paper. When they can feed that back to me, you know that you have something gold. Thank mm. you. Thank you, Nate. Karen. Yeah, and and just to you know to continue that same vein of thinking, the connectedness and the healing that is available for for that relationship that Karen's talking about, that connection with kids. Um, that's what they're after, and and yet they are sabotaging it. Um, and it's our goal as foster and adoptive uh, parents to turn that around and to help help that healing happen, help that connection, and and bring safe, um, nurturing relationships um, as parents. Beautiful. Thank you. Can Howard. I, can I, I, I'm, you know, when I um, was... Um, developing this, or it was developing me, uh, I had very little access to kids in the system, uh, uh, foster kids and adoptive kids, because there was separate agencies in Tucson that handled all that, and the only time that maybe a dozen or so um, families that came my way were ones that paid out of their own pocket because they were fed up with not getting anywhere, with you know, they were frustrated. They wanted this to work. They didn't want to quit fostering. Um, and and they wanted to, you know, they had heard something that gave them hope. And so I had my very small world of experiments uh, and, and noticing, you know, um, how this contrasted what I knew was the norm of, of um you know kids who had these horrendous situations who were um not getting out of that old paradigm of only having connection through negativity and it it burned up 
the parents. It burns up their families. It 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 burned bridges for these kids into the future. It didn't it didn't bode well for how they were going to age out of the system. And um, I, and I I I tried to get larger scale access to these kids, but I couldn't, and I felt terrible that the only thing these parents were being taught were the same old, same old, normal, traditional parenting paradigms that were, like, um, actually, like, to me, gas on the fire. So Mm -hmm. I am in awe of the stories I'm hearing this morning, and I know there's more. And uh, I'm in awe that you've taken this dream of mine that I was, in my frustration, not having access to, and you've, uh, you've played it out. In in a, in a way that just uh, leads me to believe that I hope and pray that we're gonna be able to get this message out wider and further into the foster adoptive world. I hope all of you on this phone call, Kim and Karen and Nate, I, I hope you get there out on your state platforms of mm-hmm. uh, conferences. I hope you get out on the national platform. I hope you join Sarah Howe and others in in speaking. Um, you know, I don't know how to reach the people you know how to reach, and and I'm so grateful for you all doing this and uh, and and just knowing that there's as we speak, there are hundreds of thousands of people in this situation who haven't yet found their way to an answer because all they're being taught are the normal ways to go. And um, so you give me great hope, guys, and and I can't thank you know you all enough. Three thank ambassadors you. on our call today, Howie. There's no doubt about that. I was mm-hmm. feeling compelled. I'm going to go ahead and do it, Howie. The, the first the first page of our book, the day we first met, I looked into please, your eyes. Please, please, please. Okay. Yeah. The day, the, so that's how the book that Howie and I have done together is called To Your Greatness. And the first page just says, "The day we first met, I looked into your eyes." My heart-skipping beats grew three times its size. I saw straight into your soul through those beautiful wide eyes. Your greatness resides there. It can't be disguised. And that's what you guys clearly are doing with every single child who crosses your path. And I'm so, so thankful for your commitment to the children, your commitment to a nurtured heart approach. I know you're inspiring people on the air who are going to listen to this call now or at another time. Thank you so much um, for what you're doing and who you are, every one of you. Thank you. All right. We look forward to coming to get together again next month. And until then, I guess it's time to say goodbye. Anything uh, shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach by our hosts and our guests and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult.